The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I myself, three years ago, one night, the night before Rosh Hashanah, was driving back to Lakewood on the Garden State Parkway. And I went off the ramp, and my car fell 104 feet. There was nothing left of the car. And miraculously, I walked out of that accident with a sprained thumb. That's it. The next day, my brother, he went to the pound to get my tefillin out of what was left of the scrap of the metal of the car. And when he spoke to the guy, he spoke to the tow truck guy who was there the night before by the accident who towed the car to the pound. Tow truck guy says, you're coming to take this guy's remains? My brother said, what do you mean remains? He says, you mean, you mean he's alive? There's no way he could have survived that accident. When I got there, the car was literally an accordion. There was nothing left. The police, when they got there, didn't even go over to the car for 20 minutes because they said, this one, this one is only about paperwork. There's nothing to say. They didn't call the ambulance till later on the ambulance came when they saw movement in the car. My brother at that moment, he told him, no, he's alive. Miraculously, he's alive. He went over to the car. He took my tefillin out of the car. And then my brother told me when he came to the hospital later that day, he says, he said, Dovi, there was this glittery something all over the front seats of the car. It looked like you had little diamonds all over the, what was that? And I'm thinking to myself, and then I remembered, it was the night before Hoshana. I was bringing back to Lakewood about 200 CDs of different classes to put into different shuls. And then I realized that all the CDs, they must have smashed to pieces by the accident. My brother said, yeah, you're right. They all did break to pieces, except one, one Pachshemen. And he pulled out of his bag a CD. And then I looked at it, and it was a class that I gave three years ago. The name of the class where is your bulletproof vest? Where is your tzitzit? It was a clear indication that the tzitzit, like the Gemara says, at the moment of za'am, at the moment of anger when Hashem is judging a person, the Gemara says the first thing he wants to know is the person wearing tzitzit. That is the talit katan that was given to Shem. That is not just an incredible ward of mitzvot, but as well that's a spiritual bulletproof vest, keeping Yetzer Hara away. I want to share a story that goes back years. When I myself was not yet married, I was a counselor in Camp Na'arim in the mountains. This was a story that for many years I went around telling and trying my best for the youth to hear and to inspire them to put on a pair of tzitzit. My friends, I'm going to give this to you from my heart. Open up your hearts, you have to hear this. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam shahakon niyabit baro. Years ago as a counselor in Camp Na'arim, which actually was situated in the Poconos, on the other side of the Catskills, nowhere near all the other Jewish sleepaway camps. 
And because of that, every time we'd have any interaction with the other camps in the Catskills, we'd have to take the camp van, travel to the other side of the mountains to go and to play sports against other camps. At that time, we put together in Camp Na'arim a hockey team. And many of the guys, we took all together an off day. I didn't end up going that day due to a family consideration. But the entire team went off the same day, took the camp van, and drove from the Poconos out to the Catskills to one of the other sleepaway camps to play a game of hockey. As they were crossing through the Pocono Mountains, the driver found himself at one moment as he was scaling the side of a very narrow road off the side of a mountain. Suddenly he takes a turn very quickly, and at the last second he finds himself face-to-face, head-on, with a large truck. The driver instinctively, seeing the tremendous drop to his left, turned the wheel to the right. The van skidded and went right up against the side of the mountain. It hit the mountain, avoiding the truck, but the van spun out of control. The van actually turned over on its side, and as the van was flipping over, something incredible happened. The door to the side of the van, the passenger door, flung open, and one of the guys flew out in the air in the midst of the accident coming down on the concrete, laying there unconscious. A boy by the name of Avrami. It was a miracle. Everybody else, the other 14 guys in the van, although the van was toppled on its side, they were shaken up. But they walked out with very minor scratches and bruises. Nobody was hurt. But this young boy, Avrami, who flew out of the van in the middle of the accident. He laid there unconscious. They called police. They called the ambulances. When they heard it was such a terrible accident, they ended up sending a chopper, a helicopter, that air-vacked him right out of the side of this mountain and brought him to the nearest hospital later on to be moved to New York City. Now, I remember this summer well. I was a counselor in Camp Na'arim that summer. I remember that from that day and on, because one of our counselors was laying in a coma, unconscious, in a hospital, the entire camp was Echa for the rest of the summer. Every day we were crying to Helim. Every day we were praying with our hearts out, making Mishaberach for this Avrami to wake up. But the summer came, and the summer went. And Avrami laid motionless in the hospital in New York City, under a coma, and would not wake. The doctors told his father, his parents, the longer he's under the coma, the less chance he has to actually wake up and to be able to function again. So as time went on, it ate away as his parents. But then the summer was over. We all went home, not knowing exactly what took place. Well, it turns out, that it was a few days before Roshana, and Avrami's father, day in, day out, sitting there at the bedside of Avrami, waiting for him to wake up from the coma. He realized that he needs something, some special, special Rachameh He decided, I got to do something for my son. 
He's laying here in a coma, motionless for almost two months. That afternoon he decides, he buys a ticket, and he gets on the first plane out to Ben-Gurion Airport to Eretz Israel. He comes to Ben-Gurion Airport, and it was there that he jumps into the first taxi, and he tells him, take me straight to Yerushalayim. Take me to the Kotel Hama'aravi. Taxi driver brings him to the Kotel. Avrami's father with his suitcase walks up to the Kotel and he begins to cry. Such a cry that only a father can cry on a son, begging Boreh Olam to allow his son to come to consciousness again. There was another man there who very innocently walked up to Avrami's father and said, I, I can't help but see you crying so strong. Tell me, what's the matter? Maybe I can help you. Avrami's father, he vented to a stranger. He told him exactly everything that took place in this terrible summer and how his son Avrami is still sitting motionless in the hospital. The man turned to him and said, Listen to me. I want to take you to somebody here in Yerushalayim. He's a great Sadiq. Not too many people know about him. He doesn't have a waiting room. He doesn't have a gabai. He doesn't have a shamosh. He's just as if he plays a simple Jew. But he's known as one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim of Yerushalayim. Let me take you to him. He lives in a little hole in the wall right off of Mesh Arim. His name is Reb Cheshen. I'm going to take you to this great Sadiq. The man said, okay. Avrami's father, he jumped into the car with this man and he brought him to the back streets of the windy, narrow alleyways of Meashadim till finally there, there was a little hole in the wall of a door. They enter together. Avrami's father looks around and he sees an apartment, if you can call it that, a table, a chair, an ice box, and a bed. That's it. In the midst of this great Yerushalmi Tzadik, that was the extent of his furniture and his living space. It was there that the Tzadik looks up. He catches the eye of Avrami's father, and with a big beautiful smile and blue piercing eyes, he calls to Avrami's father and says, Come in, sit down. Avrami's father sits down, and the Tzadik looks at him and says, I was waiting for you. Avrami's father says, what? What do you mean? I just landed from America today. <laughs> I wasn't even in the country. How could you be waiting for me? He says, no, no, no. I, I was waiting for you. So tell me. Tell me what, what's, what, what's the matter? So Avrami's father says, my son, Avrami, this past summer in camp, there was the accident with the van hitting the wall of the mountain. The door flew open. Avrami flew out. And he's been in a coma for the last two months ever since. Rebbe, Rebbe, please, give my son a birachat to wake up. The tzaddik leans forward and he says to Mr. Avrami's father, he says, listen, did you ever think for a moment? Did you ever ask yourself, where was your son sitting in the van that day of the accident? Avrami's father thinks and he says, well, I, I, from what I heard, my son was sitting in the back row of the van. He says, that's right. So if he was sitting in the back row of the van, how is it 
that when the van hit the wall of the mountain and the door opened and from all people to fly out, it should have been the guy sitting right next to the door. How do you explain the guy in the back seat flying out at the moment that the door flung open in the accident? Huh. Avrami's father leans back. I never thought of that. That's a good point. I, uh, you're right. I, I don't know. It was at that moment that the tzaddik leans back and he says, I'm going to tell you now what really took place at that moment in Shamayim. At that moment in Shamayim, like the Gemara says, the moment of the great accident, when the van hit the side wall of the mountain and flipped over and the door flung open, every single boy in that van was being judged for their life in Shamayim. At that moment, Bedin Shalmala was donning every single boy in that van. And the first question Bedin wanted to know in judgment, like the Gemara mentions, who's wearing tzitzit? Every single boy in that van was wearing tzitzit except for your son, Avrami. At that moment, Shamayim paskind. Psak! They're wearing tzitzit. They're wearing a spiritual shmirah. They cannot be touched. Their judgment goes well. They're wearing a spiritual bulletproof vest. Every boy with tzitzit, they'll walk out with not even hardly a scratch. But the one boy, this Avrami, he is not wearing tzitzit. He has no shmirah. Oh, he, he's taluiva omed. We don't know if he's going to survive this or not. And at that moment in Shamaim, they dispatched a malach down to grab your son and throw him out of the van from the back seat. Everybody else walked out without a scratch. The one boy who was not wearing tzitzit stays motionless under a coma for months until today. It was at that moment that Harav Cheshen opened up the drawer of his meager desk, and he pulled out a pair of tzitzit. And he said, I told you I was waiting for you. Take these tzitzit and bring it back to your son Avrami as quick as you can. And make sure when you walk into the room in that hospital in New York City that the doctor is going to be there and your wife is going to be there and your entire family is going to be there. So it'll make a great Kiddush Hashem. And it'll bring great kavod shamayim. Mr. Schwartzberg kissed the rabbi's hand, grabbed the tzitzit, jumped back into a taxi, and went directly back to Ben Gurion Airport. That night, the first flight out, landing the next morning in JFK, beeline to the hospital, calling his wife, the doctors, family members, come with me to the hospital. You have to see what's going to happen now. They all met in the hospital. The doctor came running in. Well, what's the alarm? What's going on? Avrami's father looks at the doctor. Um, Doc, I'd like you to witness what it's about to happen. I want to show you that there is a Hashem in heaven that's way beyond any science or medicine. He's the Rofeh Hinam, the doctor of all doctors. Please watch this. Avrami's father gently takes out the talit katan from the bag of his hand luggage. 
he leans over to his son, and he gently drapes the talit katan around his son, Avrami, bringing it down to his back and fixing the strings in the front. And there Avrami lays motionless with a beautiful talit katan wrapped around him. And then suddenly, the little pinky on his right hand begins to flutter. And then his other fingers begin to twitch. And slowly but surely, Avrami, his body begins to shake. His shoulders begin to twitch. They see that his eyes start to blink. And for the first time in over two months, he opened his eyes. He leaned up and he looked around. The doctor couldn't believe his eyes. Everybody in the room couldn't imagine what they just saw. But Avrami's father looked at him and said, Don't you ever take off the tzitzit again. Ay, 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 Look what we were given. Look what we were given. How easy it is to do. A few pennies we can buy a pair of tzitzit with the greatest hidurim and put it on and wrap ourselves with Hashem's hug, the Shekhinah, the Shmirah, the reward of every step. Ashreinu, matov chelkeinu, umanayim goraleinu, umayafayushatenu. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org. <laughs>